I wasn't sure I'd ever uh, step out and do my own thing. It took this place to do it. And it is Virginia Tech. This isn't some rinky-dink-ass program. I don't know if I could follow that one up. I'm yelling into the void, and that's what I like doing. <laughs> Pete, nobody's looking at your tweets. We're going to recruit our footprint, and we're going to work our tails off to bring those Virginia kids to Blacksburg. Those situations are the worst when you are on top of another guy. The relationships are very important to me. That's what this place is built on. That's your boy. That's your judge of character. I'm going to end up in a Columbia prison. At 95 Miami, it's, it's my fondest memory. And maybe the experience after the Sugar Bowl with West Worship and J.C. Price on Bourbon Street. <laughs> Come on, J.C. I want to know what you're drinking, Robbie. It is roasty goodness, even though I was out. What's the percent on that? 11. It was a dream come true back then, and it's a dream come true today. Hey, Mom, why don't you try a rail? We're going to put this old guy in a grave. For the love of the game. And I mow the lawn after work before the podcast. Mm, we just got better, guys. Welcome to Too Deep, Hokies Under the Influence, a Sons of Saturday podcast. My name is Pete Berthod, and again, I'm without co-host Robbie, but... I've got a special show for you today because I'm going to have several different co-hosts throughout the podcast. This is the Friends from College show that I mentioned on the last episode. So I'm going to chat with a handful of my old friends from back in the day. Just take the temperature of their VT fandom, how hard they're rooting for tech these days, their thoughts on the team, Coach Pry, how they see Virginia Tech maybe fitting into the national landscape of college football 2023. And then we're going to do some fun stuff as well. So maybe you'll get to know me and them a little bit more personally. But first, I guess I'll just do a cheer since Rob isn't here. Just a cheers to old friends. So cheers to that. couple news and notes. Uh, before we get to the chat with our first guest, the realignment stuff that I was talking about in the last podcast, it kind of went into overdrive. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are in fact heading to the Big 12 with Colorado. That's something that was expected. However, during the day, I think it was two days ago, I want to say Saturday, it was the uh, the snip, snap, snip, snap from the office because we thought Oregon and Washington were going to stay. And then we thought they were going to go. And it turns out they're going to the Big Ten. We got Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah heading to the Big 12. And the Pac-12 is down to just four teams. So I don't know if they're going to end up adding San Diego State or some of the other Mountain West teams, a Fresno State. But it's kind of sad because there's over 100 years of history with the Pac-12 that has been destroyed uh, just in the last 72 hours or so. But uh, but it sucks. The Big Ten was a little bit predatory when they went after USC and UCLA. And slowly but surely, that led to the demise of the conference. Going to the FSU thing, because that I talked about it in the last episode, but they're apparently now working with JP Morgan to figure out the financials of the buyout. And so that kind of shows you how airtight the grant of rights is for the ACC, because you're not working with, with a big firm like that. If you found a loophole where you can maybe get out of the payment, you are going to pay a lot of money to get out of it. So that's where we are. We're at with FSU. They're trying to raise the money. Someone's going to end up paying that out for them. And uh, we'll figure that out. As we go down the road here, everyone is big, making jokes about how VT is going to end up in the Sun Belt now. Because once FSU leaves, you know Clemson can't be far behind. Maybe UNC or I want to hold off on the doom and gloom because we still got this year to play out. Uh, we're going to get a payment from FSU. It seems if they do in fact end up getting out, 
and then we'll see where the chips fall because there are a group of other teams. And if the ACC were to blow up, well, see a BC, see a Syracuse. We'll we'll find a conference, like I said in the last episode, that we're still a valuable brand in the world of college football. And that's something I'm going to talk to my friends about too, where they where they feel that we stand when it comes to the national perspective. So uh, hold off on the doom and gloom for now. Let's try to enjoy this upcoming season, see if we can get back to a bowl, see if Pry is starting to build something, and we'll go from there. It was funny, I thought, though, that the ACC said they were meeting on Friday night to discuss realignment scenarios. That was after everything happened. So always always a step behind, it seems. Uh, Jim Phillips was a step behind at Northwestern. I'll leave that one there. And he's a step behind now. So um, I think... Without further ado, I'm going to get to the guest. I just wanted to run down those those few notes and notes. Before I get to the camp notes, I wanted to bring on my first guest, which is my old friend, Brian. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, man. How are you? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can. All right. Nice. First of all, I wanted to address the hat I'm wearing. Um, I am wearing a Sunday Funday hat. I look like a douche. I know it, but it is a Sunday. I've got I've got a beer here. I think all my other friends are going to be drinking a little alcohol, a little beer. So we're doing a little Sunday Funday. So I'm going to stick with the hat, even though I know I look like an idiot. Um, and I may know answers to a lot of these questions I'm going to ask, but I'm asking them for the sake of the listener and to also see if I know my friends as well as I think I do. So me and Brian, we met on our floor freshman year in Miles Hall, second floor, all male dorm, but we managed to make the best of it. <laughs> You've known about the Hokies a long time. Your dad went to Tech. Your brother yeah. was still at Tech when we were there, but he was a little bit older than us. And you might have had some extended family that also made their way to Blacksburg over the years. So is it safe to say you've been a football diehard, a VT football diehard your whole life? Yeah, from from the beginning, we um, grew up in Richmond, and we were the only ones that liked VT at the time. Everybody was UVA, UNC. Listened to a lot of games on the radio when I was little. Um, once we got rolling in the early '90s, it more people were interested in rooting for us. But there was a lot of jokes, a lot of elementary school, middle school jokes coming my way being the one VT fan. And you taught me a lot too, because I, I was a Penn state fan growing up. So when I got to tech, you were the one that knew about drunken Miller and the 99 team even, cause that was yep. a couple years before we started and 1995. And that's when we really started to take off and we strung all those bowls together, but let's get into these fall camp notes before I go into a, some more questions with you. Cole Beck. Back as a special teams oh, player. <laughs> he's he's back, and it looks like it's going to be mostly kick return, uh, maybe a little bit of coverage, some scout team wide receiver, perhaps. Um, but I, do you think that Colbeck will score a touchdown before this year is over? <laughs> I mean, you mentioned not being doom and gloom. I felt like that was directed at me, but no, 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 no not gonna, at all. <laughs> I don't think Cole's going to get in the end zone this year. I hope he does. He's fast. It would have to be on a kick return, though. I would yeah, for that. sure. They're rotating wells and drones with the ones until something tells us differently. Like, that's how Pride put it, is that they're kind of just want to see if a guy um, steps up, maybe, and looks looks the part. Are you handicapping that race at all? Do you have a guy that you think is going to be the key one? I think we're going to see how the season starts, and if the rails start to fall off, they'll go to drones. If if Wells can get a little touch on some of his passes, 
and we win some games we weren't expecting to. Maybe they stick with him. If not, I think it might be the drone show here halfway through the season. Yeah, if it if it starts out like the Ryan Willis a couple years ago, where right. we had the BC loss and then it doesn't look so good, and then you bring in Hooker and everything changes, maybe that's the scenario. But I'm hoping that the wells we saw in the spring game will carry through a bit here. Absolutely. We saw Antoine Powell Ryland make a really nice spin move and get to the QB on one of the highlights <laughs> on Twitter. And that's all we're going off of right now. Like I know the media got to see some practice, but as far as the fans are going, we're only getting those few Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, highlights, social media. And so, Hey, he made a play. If guys are making plays, that's always nice. The whole team crowded around him and got real excited. So we need that, that pass rush. I'm hoping that some of those guys can step up. I really like that APR pickup in the portal. I think, I think he could be good for us this year. Yeah. I was looking through some of the transfers. There's, there's a whole bunch of names that we're going to have to get used to. And hopefully we'll get used to some, some big plays and not the typical transfer guy that comes in and is a contributor, but not, not a playmaker. So exactly. we have so many that one or two or three possibly will be big contributors. That's what I'm hoping for. I got a couple notes on the O-line before we talk about your boy Dax here. Uh, <laughs> Jesse Hansen retired from football and he was a good hokey in terms of just like, he really loved the team when he committed uh, he always seemed like he was about to be a contributor, uh, but the injuries caught up with him. And so now we have one less guard in the offensive line competition. But Parker Clements was out there saying some pretty good stuff about the line. He said the new guy that came in, one of our transfers, Frady, has been working at right guard with Bob Schick. And Clements says he's a really good fit with the team. Uh, I think I think Frady will probably get the start, but Schick is that that guard slash tackle utility knife that they could move back and forth. And hey, Xavier Chaplin's a you know a real green player on the left tackle position, so maybe Schick will bounce over there too. But uh, they talked about the switch to the zone scheme, how it may be a little bit easier for the guys to pick up just because it's it's not so much about technique; it's about getting to the line of scrimmage and just applying pressure to the defensive player. So. I, everything that Clement said, I feel good about. There's a lot of chemistry within the O-line. I don't know if I buy that it's better than last year's or not. I mean, this is the one of the biggest question marks we have going forward with this team is the offensive line. Can they, can they actually get the run going? But he did say that this is the best we've been running the ball since Coach Pry got here, which sounds familiar to the best we've been running the ball. Lot, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> like with the Fuente thing and Braxton Burmeister. But hey, man, we do need to run the ball better this year. And I, I'm hoping that just getting that with, especially with Hanson going, getting Frady in the mix, like that mm -hmm. was huge for us. Competition at the Mike position. And I know uh, Brian has been a, uh, listen, we've all had issues with Dax because while making a lot of plays and being, you know, a, just a, a cool guy to listen to and root for, he's an excitable player. Uh, he wasn't always in the right position. And sometimes he would be going backwards when he's trying to trying to make a tackle. So replacing him, I still think will be a challenge. And there's four guys, McDonald, Keller, Stone Snyder, the transfer from VMI, and Matt Johnson, who's a redshirt senior. And I think basically like a walk-on for most of his time here. Uh, how do you see that Mike position playing out for this upcoming season? I think it's going to be a lot of what we saw the past two or three years for a while until they get some plan time underneath them. It seems like whoever's in there for the first year 
they struggle quite a bit. Um, and I think that's the position we're in now. Same kind of comments with drones. And if the season's kind of going, going in the direction that we weren't hoping for, maybe start the younger guy, get him some experience. But hearing those names, I, I couldn't tell you who I know. who's going to come out on top. I do think several of them will play. And Keller was the guy they had earmarked a couple of years ago as, oh, he's going to be the new stud linebacker. Right. Um, and he's got the right body type. And and McDonald's a big guy too. So I, I like those two guys future-wise. But I feel like right. Stone Snyder, a three-time All-American at the FCS level, like why wouldn't he be the starter? Like if he, sure. I feel, I know it's, it's at FCS to FBS, but like, he had 107 tackles last year and in, in not so many games. Um, he, I really feel like stone could be the guy. Yeah. He, uh, he's consistent. Like you said, playing from VMI, he's probably, I don't, I don't know what his size and weight are, but I'm assuming he's a little smaller, not get too many D one off. Yeah. Slightly in. smaller than like a Dax. Yeah. But he, he, he'll be a good fill in until they can get some, some of the recruiting talent that's coming up next year. Well, that so we'll actually, have to wait and see. That's a good segue because um, I do think our floor at the linebacker position with Stone is decently high, at least at Mike. Yeah. Um, but going into this year, speaking about positions, what do you think is the position you feel best about going into twenty twenty three? DBs for sure. Yeah. How they how they played last year, they look hungry. They are they're all coming back for the most part. They're looking really good. I'm expecting to have what we're used to seeing at DB this season for sure. Yeah, I like the safeties and the starting corners, uh, but the backup corners all being young does worry me a bit. Uh, I think it was JC Price on the on his most recent interview that said though the further you get for, away from the ball, the quicker you can contribute. And we've seen right. true freshmen defensive backs have an impact, whether it's Kendall Fuller or Brandon Faison or going back, Brandon Flowers. I mean, we've had a long history of developing these defensive backs, but also just some of them coming right in and being great. So I'm hoping, uh, I was, I was actually rooting for Cotman, but they've moved Cotman to the star position now, but there, there's a, there's a Braylon Johnson, Christian Williams. I mean, there's, there's a handful of guys that could potentially contribute, but just like every position on tech, the depth is what scares you, right? Right. Right. Well, with, you know, two years ago, not having hardly any recruits or the, them all transferring, this is what we're going to live with for this year and next year with backfilling with transfers until we get these these young recruits in and a year under their belt. So I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm not trying to give up on this year yet, but looking forward to the future for sure. And I, I do want to get to your record prediction for this year. But before we do that, other than quarterback, what position do you want tech to like bring back the old days the most? Like what position oh, do you want us to be elite at again? I want to see Elise Suggs, Kevin Jones, that rushing game that you always, when you need three yards, you know, you know, you're going to get it. The untouchables. <laughs> I know. Gosh, it was great. It was, that was over. when we first got they the tech. All over too. game day. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And it, it was, I mean, it, it was like that before them in the nineties running the ball getting the short yards yeah, now, yeah. now it's just, it, 
I don't know what our identity is on offense, and I'd like to see it go back to um, get some good, solid three-yard gains on first down or five-yard. That would be nice. And so bringing in Tootin. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. The bringing in Tootin will help with that. You know, a little bit more of a, a powerful back, even though he's not super big, like he's stoutly right. built. Uh, pairing him with Malachi, that should be nice. And Pry has talked about, like, he wants to run the football. I don't think it's going to be Wisconsin, but I think it's, you know, you can't, that's just not today's game. However, starting with the run game is still important and he wants to run the quarterback and he wants to have some effective running backs. And so I'm with you on that one. Is there any other positions that when you look back on tech, when you're like, God, we were so good at that position. I I wish we could get back there. Well, we talked about linebacker with, Zayvon Hall, and that's who we had to watch for our four years. Yeah. And that you kind of got – we were definitely spoiled with having two of the best linebackers to ever play. for four. They played all four years too, and since then maybe Cody Grimm and Tremaine. Tremaine was but, three, yeah. And Tremaine and, was awesome, but he, he did play right, three, yeah. Right. It. I feel like you have a good linebacker crew. It makes the defense just – come together. I know that's pretty obvious, but it, it, it would be great to have some big recruits come in and, and fill those shoes. Yeah. And when you think about uh, Xavier, it was the versatility. And that's something that yeah. I'm hoping Kelly Lawson can kind of remind us of. Like when you have right. those versatile linebackers that can come off the edge, but also get back in coverage, it makes a huge difference for your defense. This is kind of a, a little bit bigger picture. As we move to the 12-team playoff era next year, what do you think would be reasonable expectations going forward? Like a playoff trip every cycle, like once every four years, a little bit more than that, a little bit less than that. And and how reasonable is it now to think that we should be competing for the ACC title regularly? Gosh, that's hard to say right now with where we're at with our roster, but Getting back to 10 years ago, it would be great. I think every four years competing for an ACC title should be the the bar right now. We like to see it every season, but they've changed the divisions up, so it's a little harder to yeah. get into get into that, that title game. But every four years seems reasonable for for now. All right. I got, I got some fun ones for you. We're going to take it back just a little bit. We've been um, on a lot of road trips together, VT road trips, seen games <laughs> in a lot of different states, a lot of different bowls, ACC championships, just openers, Absolutely. whatever. Which games that we've been to together on the road stand out in your mind? Oh, gosh, there's there's always some some mental anguish or some <laughs> something that goes on every time we go. The yes. uh one of the f- most fun trips we went on was the the Florida State first ACC title game in Jacksonville, taking Andrew's car down there, <laughs> staying in the it was either the Scottish Inn or the Swedish Inn. The Scottish Inn, yeah, <laughs> might be the the finest establishment. That was the smelliest car, yes, ever on that <laughs> yes. trip back from Jacksonville, for sure. Uh, we lost that game too, but that was still a hell we of a did. weekend. Yeah. Greg and I went out after we wanted to eat some hot dogs. <laughs> I think everybody else stayed in. Chili dogs was, were good for yeah. the ride home. Yeah. 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 I remember that. That was uh, a 
that was a fun one for sure. I know you remember that Michigan bowl game. Oh gosh. Yeah. I do. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons, me leaving that game. I don't think I've ever been angry or leaving a game and also just completely wrecked. <laughs> yeah. That was a really interesting. I'm glad we got out of there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let's put it that, that way. That, that was a, that was a big meltdown for sure. <laughs> I wanted that tech has never won 12 games in a season. And that yeah. should have been our 12th win of that season and i was yeah i was upset uh <laughs> what is your best vt football memory while we were still in college it could be a game yeah revolving around a game but a well, tailgate post game whatever one of the best memories unrelated to a game was when mason my close friend from high school he walked on to tech he made it and he told me and we were so excited um i was really excited for him and we were running up and down Behringer dorm um, and everybody's looking at us like we're crazy. That was, that was a really cool moment That's awesome. for, for him and me. And then the games the I think there were two games in 2003, we played A&M in the hurricane hurricane. I was overserved for that game. <laughs> and, and then Miami, um, and oh three Mason, yeah, oh three with Mason having those tickets. He being on the team, he got nice tickets. So we're sitting five yards, five rows from the field on the fifty, and it was loud. I people talk about it. I mean, that it, was, it was my crazy. Probably the loudest I've ever heard the stadium, and one of my favorite, the Roscoe Give It to Me game. Like yeah. that was yeah, just that an game incredible was a blast. And it was Halloween yeah. weekend too, right? Yes. So that yes. was just a crazy, <laughs> crazy weekend. All right, before I let you go, post-1999, what do you think our best team was? Our best team, I'd say either that 03 team or the 2005 team. Um, Even though the 03 team didn't have a strong finish, you think yeah, they, were, they were loaded up. They were loaded. They had a great team. Didn't have the great record. Um, 2004, that was the USC intro year. Yep. I mean, yep. We, we beat some... I think we beat two or three top 10 teams. And we played Auburn season. in the yes. Bowl. Yeah. Yes. I tried to get that Auburn game. I um, know. And then 2007 was another another oh, big year. Yeah. Well, that was the Kansas Bowl game. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That was devastating. Um, but yeah, we, that, those are good choices, man. We, we lost to, we, 2007, we lost to LSU. Oh, yeah. Yeah. away that's when we burnt the tie rod you went to that game i did that was a that was a that was a hard game to go to and then we lost to bc the, uh, both teams God. are ranked second and we dominated that bc game Josh yeah that's just the matt ryan game everyone yeah. everyone knows that one and we that year virginia tech finished number one in the computer polls in the bcs something that i yeah. i never forget we finished three in the mm -hmm. BCS, but we were number one on the computer because the ACC back then it had a, a fantastic yeah. year. Even UVA was good that year. It came down to us and UVA to go to the ACC title game. That was yeah. one of the biggest games uh, we played that year. That was Chris Long was still on mm -hmm. uh, UVA that year. Um, all right, before you go, record prediction. What is it for 2023? Oh gosh, not to be doing the gloom. I'm thinking four wins four? this year. Okay, yeah, four. How do you feel about the ODU opener? I feel good about that. I okay. think that's that's one of the 
gosh, if we don't win the ODU opener, that's going to really derail my my prediction. <laughs> You're, it's going to change a lot of my but, predictions as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel good about. Four, I mean, between three and five, I think is where we're at. Maybe okay. six. You don't. You think bowl is very unlikely. Yes. Okay. We're going to have to see something on what our offensive identity is beginning of the season real soon to kind of have an idea. I'm not as I'm not as confident um, on offense, but I want to be surprised. You know, if, if we come out <laughs> I'm with you, dude, shooting, um, looking real good, then 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 maybe bowl eligible. I think that's the ceiling for sure. I am predicting a six and six, but uh, but I respect your four wins, and I know a lot of other fans <laughs> out there feel the same way, and that's why you're here. But thank you for coming on. Yeah, um, thanks for I, having I, me. I, I think I ran through all the questions I needed to. I'm going to bring in our next guest, Brian. Thanks again, bud. I'll thanks, talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Later. Bye-bye. We've got a new sponsor on the podcast. The 2D Podcast is brought to you by Compass Coffee. With 16 locations in D.C. and Northern Virginia, Compass is quickly becoming the go-to cup of joe in our nation's capital. Compass was founded by two Marines back in 2014, and their goal was simple. Make the best cup of coffee, one that points you in the right direction at the start of your day, every day, like a compass. Right now, they're offering our listeners 20% off their first order using the code 2DVT. That's 2DVT, all one word. So go to their site or download the app. They've got a nice Compass Coffee app and load up your cart because you're going to get 20% off that order. Even if you don't live near DC, they'll ship the coffee right to your door. Just use code 2DVT for 20% off that large order. Compass Coffee, great coffee, doesn't have to be complicated. Hello. Hi. Nicole, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Pete? This is my friend, Nicole. Uh, I believe we met when I was a junior in college your friends had moved into the apartment complex where some of my friends were living and i think i had just moved into Uh, the memory of how it all went down gets a little hazier each year but bottom line is we became friends at vt and then continued that friendship into the arlington days and that's where it really blossomed and blossomed (laughs) a lot of things blossom our drinking going out and then into yeah, and then I moved to DC. It continued to go. It went, we were late bloomers when it came to the whole marriage game, and so <laughs> and so we uh, well we had a lot of Very fun true. in Arlington back in the day. But I wanted to start first with your level of fandom, just for the listeners. Like, where does how would you describe your fandom to the listeners? Are you a, a diehard fan? Are you a casual? Like, give us a couple adjectives here. Well, I'm sure the listeners are dying to know my fandom level. <laughs> Hey, you are the first female on the podcast. We had, hey. it's been eight years. We had a female caller, I think last year on our wow. reaction line. Hey. You are the first guest. Let's get some representation. I know, here, huh? I know. I feel, I kind of felt like a jerk today when I thought about it, but oh, yes, you I'm are the sure first one. So it's totally fine. Well, I'm going to rock it. Um, yeah, no, it's funny. I actually grew up a huge Florida State fan. My parents both went there. I was conceived there. Uh, and then we moved up to Virginia and my mom was such a huge fan. She drove us to any ACC game at the time in the nineties. So we went to UVA, we went to Duke, we went to UNC, we went to Virginia quite a bit. So, you know, it, and then I applied early admission 
to Virginia Tech because at the time it was the only Virginia school that didn't require an essay. The only decent Virginia school that you didn't are correct. I remember that too. <laughs> it was the time. So I, you know, I wanted to rest on my GPA and I didn't want to do much more. So I went early admission in '99. So when we played Florida State for the national championship. I was, I'm sorry to say, rooting for Florida State. I had no, I had no Old been habits to die hard. I get it. I just, uh, so, and it was kind of a wild thing. You know, I go to tech. I love it. Everybody falls in love with tech. I don't know anybody that didn't love it. And, you know, it was during school. I didn't go to a lot of games as a fan because I was, I was a cater waiter. And so I was working every game. We were in the suites. We had to do catering every game. So we worked 13 hour days, game day. So I never usually went to games when I was in school, but then fast forward to I graduate, some of our friends stay, you're still there. There's some people I know that are still there. Uh, we have Pete and I, some dear friends that stay there, live there, have a beautiful house there. So for me, my fandom, grew much more after school going, I haven't missed a year except for 2020, which was a weird, weird year, but I haven't missed a year since 2004. So, you know, to me, the program is so wonderful because it provides a place for us all to go every single year. And we just have the best time with our friends. And, you know, it's been tough the last couple of years. Yeah. We're not great. We're not great. No. And, and you know, that's, <laughs> That leads me to my next question is us not being in the spotlight. Does it affect your desire to get in front of a TV for games? Does it affect your desire to go down for games? It does not affect my desire to go down for games. I will go to an empty stadium down at Virginia Tech. Don't care. I want to go to Tots. Uh, you know, I'm good. So I don't mind that. But yeah, you know, it's tough. First of all, sometimes you can't see our games because we're just simply not on <laughs> a big network. It can be challenging on some it of those be a little challenging, lower but tier no, games. I mean, it, it's tough. And, you know, I married a huge Wisconsin fan and, and they're really freaking good. And so it's annoying because we're not and yeah. so, you know, it's I'm not watching as much on TV as we and and don't forget, you know, Pete, you remember we used to get together to watch games. Yes. There were there used to be four or five Arlington bars that were VT bars at the time. And that's kind of fallen off a little more. So that excitement is kind of oh, I miss there. the Bailey's days. <laughs> oh my gosh. You wouldn't recognize that mall anymore. And there was carpet in Bailey's and you could smoke there at the time. But you'd so come out smelling like a chimney every game, disgusting. but you had the best day. <laughs> the best day. <laughs> um so as a it's is interesting to get that perspective as a, a woman and now a mother, your fandom growing over the years because you just love the community aspect of getting yeah. down to tech. And yeah. we actually are in the process of planning to go to the NC State game this year, which That's I'm- That's right, we are. <laughs> come on, come on. We can have a two deep meetup. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to do it. You've been to so many games. Which ones stand out to you? And you can use ones from college, ones after college, like- which games have you been to over the years that you're just like, gosh, I was so glad I was there. Or like, I can't yeah. believe I was there. Yeah, that's a good, sorry, my dog's in the background. Um, <laughs> it's a good question. Well, first of all, I did go to that Auburn game that y'all mentioned, the, the bowl game. We drove overnight from DC. We drove to Blacksburg, picked some people up and then drove overnight from Blacksburg to New Orleans to get to that game. That was a really fun game. I was not there the, as well. I, yeah, I don't we think we, like, no, we barely we knew each other or not at all. Yeah. But like, yeah. I wasn't even 21 yet. I used oh, like Pete. 
I use Joey's ID to get into the bars. <laughs> <laughs> Joey. Yeah, I, that game was fun. I, I actually think, you know, that game that you and I and our we brought our little crew to that one uh, October game where it rained like crazy. Oh, it was pit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we thought, oh, this, we, we were so excited. We had hyped up Blacksburg to all these people that had never been before. We were like, you're, it's unforgettable. And, (laughs) and then we get there and it's like, but we ended up having an amazing time. It was the most miserable, like weather slash performance by the team game that you could imagine. It was the pit 100 yards of offense game for the listeners. It was cold, rainy, whatever, but we did have a great weekend. We had a great time. And, you know, we also went to that. The Isn't it still the longest ACC game on record when we had the like four overtimes? It was six overtimes. I know you were there the, with Michael and, and some Greg. other people. Greg, Greg who Greg, is Greg? a huge, okay. people that don't, Ohio State fan, huge Ohio State fan. But he came down and I will say neither Michael nor Greg give two about Virginia Tech, but they were into that game because six overtimes, how can you not get invested in six overtimes? I was so jealous that you were there for that. I was hoping you were going to bring that up because I was on my honeymoon. Oh, that's why you would have been there. (laughs) Yes, I probably would have. We were in Hawaii watching that game. It started at like 9 a.m. That's right. That's right. 80 degrees, beautiful outside. And I am in a dark bar with my (laughs) new wife, like watching a six overtime ACC piece of crap game. But it turned out to be a very cool game. And I'm glad we won. It was amazing. When you're in Blacksburg, Mm -hmm. you talk talk about the tailgates and Mm -hmm. going down visiting old friends. Mm -hmm. What is your ideal game day? weekend experience are you bar hopping setting up the tailgate or do you need to go to tots for just one drink or will you stay there all night do you need to eat somewhere like what do you do on your ideal weekend at tech you know i don't know how much time you have (laughs) (laughs) no i mean the perfect experience starts friday you got to get down there at a good time you have to stop at sheets on the way you got to get downtown as soon as you can you got to you got to overdo it even though you promised yourself you wouldn't because you got a big day the next day but you're so excited the, the drinks are so cheap. Yeah. You can't help yourself. And we, you know, we have sort of a blueprint, I guess. When we, and it's changed a lot through the years. Now everybody's freaking having kids. But, you know, it starts Friday night. It goes into Saturday. Our tailgates have really blossomed. It used to be like me and you going to Arby's and getting some <laughs> sandwiches and showing up with chips. Um, but now we have a friend who goes all out. Uh, he's got an amazing parking pass. He c- takes care of everything for us. Yeah, he themes really. the tailgates depending on who we are playing. Um, Hutch, he's he's a Blacksburg uh, institution in my mind. But so, you know, in my mind, I love a 3.30 game. I want to get up at a relaxed pace. I want to get all of our beer cold. And then I want to get to the tailgate. I want to party, party, party. I want to get there for the entrance which is usually a challenge. We got to set a <laughs> million a alarms to get to the, for, for drinkers. It can be go. a challenge. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you roll straight, straight from the game, right downtown. And okay. you know, we, the only bar. Are you getting a that, rail? Always. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a rite of passage. Cause I don't know the last time we went down and we didn't have somebody new. And that is our, that's our selling point to everybody. Yeah. You got to get a rail. Don't get more than two. Two is pushing it. <laughs> two is pushing you know, it. You need you need to get some sort of you know permission for two, but three is out of the question. 
Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, you will, you will barf. <laughs> you you will. Yeah. You will regret it. Yeah. It's real liquor. It's disgusting. All right. So now we're going to take it back just a little bit. When mm. you would hit the town on the mm. weekend in college, mm. what was the move? Did you do a power hour? Which, Cause some Listen. of the bars have changed over the years. So oh, I'm not even sure. <laughs> it's insane. I, and you know, I had to text Karen and Ron to get some, cause I couldn't remember, but no, I, it's okay. This is embarrassing but whatever, you know, I was, as you know, I was in the dance company and that's how I met our mutual friend. And, and we thought we were very cool. And so we would go to the dancing places and we would do our little Britney Spears numbers when they played the songs and we thought we were just like the best. So we went to some like weird, like we went to the nerve. I don't even know. Oh, if I the remember nerve was, the nerve. nerve yeah. Nerve. yeah. Nerve. We went to, it was the library and then it turned into water street. I liked um, water street. Yeah, water. The library was, you know, we're going to the library. Oh, how clever! Yeah. Uh, you know, we we used to also go. It's been a million. It was Preston's, and then it was Woody's, and now it, it's Sharky's. That that one on the corner, uh-huh. and we've done quite a few dance numbers, and that's just so embarrassing. <laughs> but, and then we would always have to go to Tots. But you know, when I started school, I was actually seventeen. And so a lot of times we would go to Hokey House, Ho Ho, because they were eighteen and up. And so if you went in and you just were like, I'm 18, they didn't care. If you tried to be 21, they would check your ID. But if you just went in trying to be 18, they did not mind. Okay. At the time, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, locked up. Well, I think the rails also used to be like 22 ounces. Like, oh, my God. They used to be unhinged. (laughs) Unhinged. Yeah. Cannot believe. Things things have changed a lot. But, uh, but yeah. So, I think that that bar it was Woody's before it was Sharky's on the corner down there, the, and the it kids. was Preston's before your time. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. Cabo Fish Taco, yeah, was Bailey's. Now yep. you might have been able to get into Bailey's with a fake ID, but that might have even predated you a little bit in terms of being. No, 21. yeah, no. That well, I didn't turn twenty one <laughs> until after my after break of senior year, so oh, okay. I was twenty one for much earlier. Than Young, that. yes. Yeah. <laughs> well nicole thank you so much for coming on today did you have any did you thank want to give you. your record prediction for this year do you have one? oh god we play 12 um, games i'm probably you know closer to i'm probably closer to your prediction than than bobo's but i, I don't know i i think we could we could end up at a i'm gonna say five and seven i don't think we're gonna get to a six and six but i think we could do a five and seven Okay. Oh, okay. I also have a beer. Oh yeah, what what beer are you drinking? What do you oh, got? I can't see. It's, oh, a, it's Hardy a Hardy Wood, Wood Peach Triple with Virginia peaches. Oh, how is it? Is it sour? I'm gonna see. No, it's a triple A. I'm gonna see. It's a big boy. Oh. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Does it have like okay. a, a sugar pop to it, or is it kind of uh, sour? It's it's very light and then also very peachy. So. It's not super beer y. And are but you a Hardywood person? Eight point two percent. No, I just went into our fridge to get something that I thought you guys hadn't done before. I I, I don't <laughs> think we've had that one before. So And then Virginia Peaches. Yeah, know? and hey, you gotta love it. I thank you, Nicole. That's of course. I um, you guys are doing the the Lord's work over here, people. Oh yes. We try to keep people informed. The every man's opinion, but this is really like I love this because I've been wanting to do a show like this for a long time where I can get a wide variety of, of opinions and also a little trip down memory lane. And yeah, so, this is uh, what the people want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they, they, we needed a woman's voice. A woman's yeah, oh, touch. sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. All, All right. right. Well, y'all have fun. I'm going to pick up our next guest. Bye, Nicole. Bye.
Andrew, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Pete? Good to see you. I'm doing great, man. Good to see you too. Um, I'm looking for our other guests, but we're going to start with you because uh, right. Nick was on the golf course earlier. I don't know if he if he got. <laughs> he just off. texted me he was hopping on right now. Okay, so. okay, cool. Andrew has been a good friend of mine since we were in high school. We actually grew up in the same neighborhood. We went to the same high school, same college, um, and like really <laughs> grew up together for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. And your dad went to tech. And in fact, I would credit you with the reason that I went to tech because I remember sitting at, in high school and they have all the different colleges come in and speak to you. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the Virginia Tech one. And Michael Vick had just gone there. So I was like, oh, I've heard of them. And we go yeah. and you know, you're like, you're like, my dad was an engineer there. And um, I just started really liking what that guy had to say. And then we went down and visited. We did our orientation together, a whole nine yards. And uh, so you do get credit for my Virginia Tech right. fandom. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you're here, buddy. I still still see that old picture of us at orientation in the visors and just and just crack up. Yeah, visors are no good. Yeah, it's it's funny because I remember back in the day you were kind of trashing Virginia Tech football. Like, yeah, I know they went to the national title, but I'm a Penn State fan. So <laughs> Yeah, and you're the only but, person you went. you're the only person that'd be able to call me out on that. Um <laughs> but yeah, they, I was you know what, that's the same thing. I was a Penn State fan, just like Nicole was talking about being a Florida State fan. And freshman year, when Larry Johnson was running for all those yards, hit 2,000, nearly won the Heisman, like I was kind of rooting harder for Penn State than Virginia Tech at the time. And slowly but surely, my Tech fandom took over. Uh, our other friend, Nick, has joined the chat. Nick, how you doing, bud? What's going on, dude? I can't believe you're wearing that hat. <laughs> <laughs> you you missed when I was explaining, like, I know I look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Nick was with me last week in Dewey when I bought this hat. So um, he bought one that was similar and he took it back the next day when, when he got sober. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate regret of returning this hat. But Nick was actually at Tech a year before us. He also went to Andrew and I's high school. And it was nice when we got down there, he kind of took us under his wing. And our first party was at Nick's house right on Wharton Street, two blocks behind Backstreet, which is currently Mellow Mushroom. But yeah. we uh, we were lucky to have you and our other buddy Josh down there because I'm not sure how our freshman year would have gone. And we knew Nick basically through my freshman year roommate, Greg, who was supposed to be here but couldn't make it. We were just lucky that we had older people from our town that could kind of show us the way at Tech. And we always had a leg up on the other freshmen in terms of being able to party. Uh, And I wanted to ask you guys, like, with how we've been playing the last few years, has your fandom changed? Do you find yourself not wanting or not caring to get in front of the television to watch Tech? And Andrew, I'll turn to you first. Yeah, it's changed. (laughs) I mean... I, the the biggest thing is the Fuente years. I just felt like, I, like you talked a lot about what does it mean to be a Hokie? And it just felt like they weren't trying. And it's like, I could deal with some of the mistakes and the incompetence last year because it felt like they were trying again. But hopefully the incompetence and the mistakes get better yeah. <laughs> at some point. But, you know, when they're not trying it, that, that's when it makes me not want to watch it. And so there's a couple of years there that I just was not excited about it at all. How about you for you, Nick? Do you still every Saturday is it appointment viewing or can you skip it? If you've got something else going on, like what's, what's your deal with tech football these days? Well, if it's up to me, I'm watching it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you know how things go with the family. Yes, uh, yeah, for yeah. me though, what changed the most, like we still watch, we still go to games. Um, the difference though, like you, you and I go and we talk players all the time. 
I do not know the players like I used to know the players, right? Like that's the biggest difference for me is I'm not looking them up. I'm not trying to see like who's who's coming through unless I get push notifications. And it went from uh, constantly knowing everyone and all the coaches to kind of keeping up with uh, the games weekend by weekend. And do, would you say that the point that things changed was kind of when you both had children or was there was there a specific point in the last few years, like Andrew mentioned the Fuente years or like yeah. a specific loss where you're just like, we stink now. And I'm, I'm making yeah. my peace with it. That's it. The Duke game, probably. That 45 to 10. Yeah. <laughs> that one was just like, I mean, I still watch every game. It's, it's, I'm still there. It's, it is still appointment TV. It's just like, but like the chemistry the in your brain yeah. is, is not there. I, yeah, yeah. I hear that. Or like that, that ODU game, the first, well, that one too. The, <laughs> the first ODU game, I was at a wedding. And I, I had this, like, I still have a screenshot of it. Like all these texts to Robbie is like, after JMU, I didn't want to live through this again, blah, blah, blah. And, and like, that like really broke me. And I was like, man, I don't know if things are going to get back, but you know, I, I, despite my distaste for Fuente, like I do lean bullish Hokies. I mean, I, I'm a co-host of a Hokies podcast, so I do like to look on the bright side, but, um, it's not always that way for like some of the people we know in our lives that, you know, love the Hokies when we were winning, but maybe not so much now. Uh, I always felt like those two games stood out, but for, for us going forward, like what do you want to see from Pry and the team in terms of like, do you want to see us get back to a developmental football team that just goes out there and competes and can go to bowls every year? I just want to know what you guys want from VT as a fan. Do you care if we, go to bowls and go to the ACC title? Or are you just trying to go down to games and have fun? I'll say like, uh, it's stepping stones at this point. We went so far down, dude. Like it's got to go back to going to bowls. When you say like what broke when we didn't go to that one bowl and broke the streak, Mm -hmm. um, that was it. It was kind of like, okay, so they don't care anymore. Why am I caring as much? Even though I did. But, um, if we get back to going to bowls, which is six games, (laughs) then like, I mean, please just do that. And then I think the recruiting is going to come. It's already getting better, but it's going to come with uh, going back to bowls and kind of getting that cohesiveness back together. That's I'm glad you brought up that opting out of the bowl thing because mm-hmm. when that was Fuente's year, that was the 2020 year, which was obviously a trying year for everyone. We went five and six. So technically we didn't win six games, but because it was 2020, not everyone played a full season. So you were allowed to go to the bowl if you got invited. Check Tech chose not to and... Fuente said it was a team vote and it just tur- it rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. And I remember talking about it with Robbie at the time and, you know, when you're living that COVID day in and day out, you're like, yeah, I get it. You know, um, don't go to the bowl. Who cares? The bowl doesn't matter. But like it did matter to a lot of matter. tech fans, yeah. like to not go to that bowl. It was it was a sign that things had changed drastically culture wise. Like why would you, you could play an extra football game. You don't want to, like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. But yeah. Andrew, how, how do you feel like in terms of going forward? Like you want to see us get back to championships or you just are content to just watch us on Saturday. And I, I think at least competing for the top, like three, four in the ACC every year and hopefully getting to the championship game, like every couple of years. I mean, like what we did when we first went to the ACC yeah. to me, like, I mean, I agree with you guys on the bowl streak and everything, but, you know, if we don't go to a bowl, that's embarrassing. Like, that's that's such a floor. Like what Nick said, it's six wins. Like, <laughs> a lot of teams get that. Yeah. And there's so many bowls, and it's like, 
the names of them are so ridiculous now that we've been in a whole bunch of them. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I, yeah, the top of the ACC, a national championship expectation is like so far down the road at this point. Yeah. But, it, going to a bowl, like we should only miss a bowl game. If As Virginia Tech expectations for me, we should only miss a bowl game like once a decade. Like it really, it should not. Ha- and that's when maybe you have a super young team or a new coach and you just, things don't work out and you stink. But being Virginia Tech and having how football is so important to our fan base and how well we show up for games and all, there's no reason that we shouldn't be getting to six wins. With regard to the playoff and the, being 12 teams now, we would have made a 12-team playoff several times in the 2000s. Going forward, do you guys think we should be making that once every cycle to be in the playoff? Or do you think that's too much to ask at this stage? Probably too much to ask at this point. But yeah, I mean, we should. I mean, I, I read that Andy Bitter had an article about it where he went through all okay. the, years, like, the years that we had it. And it was like, yeah, we were pretty awesome for a long time. That if we had a 12-team playoff, we would have been in it. So, yeah, I do want to get back to that, obviously. I guess you have to be you have to be at least a championship caliber team. You have to make the ACC title game if you want a prayer of going to the playoff. And so I guess it's kind of similar to the question that I just asked. It's just funny to think about it now. With the playoff, it provides such a different metric for success. And if you can get into that, it's like, oh, damn, like that's that's really good. Do you think, Nick, do you think Pry, do you believe in Coach Pry? And do you think that he's the guy that could lead us to a playoff spot? Yeah, I do believe in Coach Pry. I like the way, I like how he brought to me, it felt like the uh, Virginia Tech family mode back into like the football team. Um, it starts there. That's what Beamer had. And that's what I think brought people. That's what was like within Virginia alone and the recruiting that came with it. Um, one of the things that I also like, and I think he can do this, is I think he can take, if it's not all four stars, I, what Beamer did so well, it was he turned three stars into draftable NFL players. Yeah. And I think Coach Pry can do that because he brings in that right mentality and he brings in the right character of people, uh, which Fuente was not doing. Yeah. So um, that's that's one of the good things that I think is going to come out the, out of Coach Pry. The relationships that he always talks about in Virginia, he is definitely, and he's reaping what he's saying too. Like he has said, I want to get back to Virginia high schools. We're going to be in all of them, even if they don't have mm-hmm. a player. And he's done that. And I, I, he speaks a good game. And last season wasn't good. And he was running defensive coordinator and a head coach. And he figured out that that might be too much for him. And we're going to learn a lot this year because he promoted Tyler Bowen, even though the offense was so terrible last year. If there is progress on the field and the progress we've already seen on the recruiting trail, recruiting off a three-win team, then I think you're really going to start to see the fans turn the tide towards Coach Pride. But right now, it's funny because Fuente, because he was successful early, had everyone supporting him almost too long. And now it's the exact opposite with Pry. Like he started on such a bad note. You've got people like wanting to already kick him out the door because he only won three games. So I do like the fact that you said that you believe in him. I wanted to get don't uh, like don't most defensive coaches also struggle early, you know, because they're trying to be defensive minded and head coaches. Like if you look at Pitt, Boston College, a lot of those funds, they, they go after defense, but the next thing you know is they're just, they can't put it all together. And then before you know, once they start to let go, then they like concentrate more on recruiting and then they start pushing harder. And then that's when the team starts to play better. That is interesting. And I think your point is well taken, especially when you consider offensive coaches come in, if they hit the ground running, 
an offense that's good is harder to catch up with than a defense that's good. If, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like if you are defense is chasing people. So if your offense is out scheming and doing really well, and it's a new offense and defenses don't know it, look at TCU. You can have a lot of success right away. It is. I do think it's harder to have success right away with a defensive minded coach. I, yeah. I would agree with that. I want to take it back for you guys. When in college, what were, what are your favorite games? Give me, give me a favorite game or favorite game day or favorite experience revolving around the football team that you can remember. Andrew, I'll let you go first. I mean, obviously the, the Miami game, we yeah. beat Miami in 2003. All three of us were together. Probably Brian was with us too. Yeah. Uh, those, I mean, anytime we had the Beaver ball, like the block kicks in person, that was always so cool to see. Like, and I remember there was one against West Virginia that I think we had like two in that game. Um, couldn't tell you what year that was, yeah. but <laughs> but stuff like that. That was always the the thing that stood out. I loved being in the stands when we would all, you know, you put the hands over the head. Like it was every time any special teams play were like block that kick. Block and that they kick. may still do that, but like it was a it was a possibility to actually block the kick back then. <laughs> it wasn't just like yeah, let's block it. I don't know. Like we had a chance to. Nick, how about you? What are some things that stand out to you in terms of games or tailgates or whatever? Yeah, I, so I went with – I was sick in Miami too, but like one of the things that made it so great, besides the way it went down, like D Hall's strip fumble going back for the touchdown, but like that weekend was Halloween weekend for us. Yeah. We had, speaking of Delaware buddies, I mean we had five – I had five people come in um, from town, out of town, oh, spend yeah. the whole weekend. We went to – the froth and 40 Friday we did uh downtown we went to the game I mean it was a show and it couldn't have been any better for like an entire weekend put together I was just from a tailgate scene I mean our, our tailgate scenes were Wharton Street that was a uh, true so it was kind of like lacking on the tailgate side but I think we made the most of it speaking of our Delaware friends our buddies that went to UD when you would go back to Delaware and you'd party like homecoming was always really good at UD right like it was always a pretty big show and I remember thinking like, this is every weekend at tech. Like whenever we have a game, it's like homecoming for Delaware. Like it was our Wharton street tailgates, the game days, the excitement on Friday. That's what a, I guess an FCS team in Delaware, which was a decent football school, but like we were so lucky to be at a school that just like raged every football weekend. Like, yeah. and I guess it's, it's probably still like that now to a degree, depending on where you go. I know center streets like supposed to be crazy and I've never had the pleasure. I've been too much of an old to do something like that, but uh, I just can't imagine the vibe is the same as it was <laughs> full, pulling full old man card here. These kids today, they don't know what it was like. <laughs> our, uh, I mean, our Wharton street wake up songs, right? Like whatever song of the year and just blasting that music to wake up not just your own apartment or townhouse, but it was all four townhouses and the two apartments below. I'll never forget yeah, that. Yeah, uh, I think Thug Mansion was one. We had the yeah. Nelly Heart of a Champion, I think might have been one yes. of those. That one actually blew Dave backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend Dave, he was just blasting it so loud. Did you guys have uh, any any other kind of memories from college of like us doing some I know, I know our friend Josh might be on the list, but like just some dumb stuff we might've done back in the day uh, on a game day or like maybe smuggling some booze into the stadium or anything like that. Do you got any stories for me? Yeah. These these stories about you, Pete. Yeah. Well, it can be about me or it can involve you. It can involve Nick. 
You know, I, I mean, I remember when you're doing pull-ups on the, uh, the fire hose pipes at uh, Tots after a game. That was, that oh, was yeah. good. <laughs> that was, that was 2007, uh, after the, the ECU game. So it was the, the game where we played ECU and they released all the balloons up. I was showing my affection by doing pull-ups at the Tots, uh, on the Tots sprinkler system and it was promptly kicked out. Yes. <laughs> Not even a student anymore. Not even Full a student anymore. I was working. Yes. <laughs> but did someone bet him to like do a certain number of pull-ups in within a minute? Just like the, I, I bet I could do 60 pushups in a minute. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I had a, I had a penchant for those physical challenges back, uh, back in the day. But our buddy, Josh, I mean, he was the one that would like take the Ziploc bags full of alcohol and like, wrap them around his waist right the uh josh tv moments yes. uh crawling <laughs> hey dude you're missing a flip-flop and your shorts are ripped yeah. what happened don't ask me about somehow it. makes um, it through an entire game but is crawling back home <laughs> i remember the one going into i don't remember what game it was but running into the state not running in the state but like walking up washington and we say we're getting close dude you got to get rid of that and just taking the handle and just tossing it <laughs> God, uh, I ought to be young. I mean, Pete, my favorite thing with you is uh, I remember <laughs> hearing music, going down looking for you to because we were all partying and I was looking for you and I could not find you. And I hear something coming from your room and I thought, oh, like, I don't know what's going on inside, but whatever, I'm going to open up that door. <laughs> and it's you sitting in front of the computer rapping. <laughs> <laughs> being recorded with a mic yeah. nick what are you doing here? <laughs> elaine what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah exactly yeah i there was a yeah. quite a few freestyle fridays that happened in the apartment back in the day <laughs> much to uh me and andrew's roommate joey's chagrin i would say <laughs> yeah we need to bring back the uh, <laughs> we need to bring back those songs that you used to put on the podcast mm. the weekly uh pump-up song you know if you mm. scroll back in our podcast right. feed you will find the Virginia Tech weekly song. There was pro there was at least one season where I would put out a song for about half the games and they're goofy as all hell. Maybe, maybe one of these days I'll bring it back, but it was, I don't know how I had that much time on it. I'm writing a song. I was recording the podcast. Uh, I suppose I was doing my office job. I don't know. Uh, but I do work for the government. So what are you going to say? <laughs> maybe, maybe we make it to a bowl this year. You'll, you'll be one for the <laughs> That's bowl. right. That's right. I'll have some time. In between right, the, bowl. the last regular season game of the bowl. All right. Before I bring in our last guest, record predictions from each of you guys for this season. Mm. I'm going six and six. Okay. Um, and, and it is, uh, yeah. you, it's, it's stepping stones. And if we get to six and six, that's the best. I think thing six and six happen. would be, a, but while one, my prediction, also very awesome for this program. Yeah. Yeah. Can we beat ODU? Can we beat, like, you know, some of these teams that have just been hanging around and we, we just need to be taking care of the, the nonsense at this I'm point. I'm with you, dude. We are two touchdown favorites in that ODU game. I want to, I want to put the beat down on them. Like we, mm -hmm. we really need to after last year. Andrew, what's your prediction? Yeah, I mean, at least two games more than last year would be nice. But the six, I feel like, is a good prediction based on what you guys have been saying on your past couple of podcasts. I think we'd get the six. I certainly hope so. Are you guys drinking anything over there, Nick? What do you got? I got uh, so Offshoot Beer Company. It's called Relax. Oh, that's a good so, one. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy. Is that a I hazy? actually gave, huh? Is it a hazy IPA? It is hazy. It says it's just a hazy IPA in parentheses. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. I also gave it to my wife uh, weeks ago, and she hasn't drank it, so this four pack's about to be destroyed. <laughs> nice. You're like, oh, here's a gift for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like when it was Father's Day back in the day, and you're like, hey, Dad, I got you Madden. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Andrew, you got yeah. anything over there? Or you just chilling? You know, I, I forgot to even open it, but you know, I've, I've got a tasty uh, Mountain Dew hard Baja oh, Blast. You know, <laughs> that's that... probably best putting in an actual Baja Blast from Taco Bell before you drink it. Dude, but... that's... Is that left over from last year's beer fest? <laughs> it is. Oh, it's the only goodness. one left. Yeah, that reminds me. I kept it on my bookshelf. Uh... When we used to do the code red vodka before games, like before oh for a Virginia Tech game, we would take a code red uh, code red Mountain Dew, drink it down to the label, so none was wasted. Fill it back up with vodka and then drink the entire two liter. So like, it's caffeine, vodka, all that red coloring. Like I, w- I turned into a crazy person most game days. Yeah, you did. You used to come in raging with it, like full extension out. And say, well, Pete, see you later. Uh, good, bro- good, good last memory there, Andrew. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to bring on Richard here, but thanks for coming on today, dudes. See you, Talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Pete. What's up, Ricky? Hey, Pete. How you doing? All right, let's see if I can kick these guys out. Here we go. One, two. Oh, All don't right. kick them out. <laughs> All right, so Richard was technically not a college friend. However, he did go to Virginia Tech, took took maybe a more circuitous route to Tech, uh, but we started becoming super close friends in Arlington, and it was a slow burn to the point where now we're like, we're very, very tight, but uh, we had you on our podcast just a couple of years ago as a yes. UK basketball fan when we were playing Kentucky at Kentucky, me, Richard and his brother went to the game. But before that, we recorded at a Rasha store for way too long and got very drunk and had a great time. But now I'm having you on as a Virginia Tech fan. There you go. <laughs> Where is your Virginia Tech fandom in terms of football right now? Are you, uh, would you call yourself a casual? Yeah. I mean, definitely always casual, right? <laughs> like, uh, I can get really into it when it's worth the emotional energy that's mm-hmm. there and it, it has not been worth that in the last 10 years or so. Uh, so I, I respect and we need all the people like yourself who are there the whole time because it's not going to be me <laughs> and you have to sustain a program with real fans that are not crappy fans like me who say, okay, well, we bottomed out in 2015 and we bottomed out again in 2019, 2020. How are we going to continue to do this without me screwing up my weekend? And it's you all. That's how you do it. But, uh, you know, we're back. It's better now. Yeah, I would say much more positive vibes going through the program. And I'm happy to, to actually engage much stronger these days. Well, and that's actually good because you, you said vibes because it we are not doing better in terms of a win total. However, oh no, you, you're on Twitter. You keep, even though you may call yourself a casual, you keep pace with what's happening. And I guess you just feel that the fan base is in a better place than it was the last few years under Fuente. Yeah, I mean, we made a mistake, right? So, like, if you go back to 2015 when Frank retired, um, not to go insane with the story, but, like, something else happened right when Frank retired, right? The the O'Bannon case decision in 2015 hit two months prior to Frank Beamer actually formally retiring. And you could tell at the time when that happened that the structure of college football was going to change. And the the decision-making around who was going to be brought into the program and how we were going to move forward was predicated on a concept in which we were going to sit around and try to find the new Frank Beamer. And the reality was Frank was cooked by the time he retired in 2015. Now, he deserved that. He could stay as long as he wanted. Yes. He did an amazing job at Virginia Tech, and he could do whatever he wanted. But the game had passed him by, 
and the thought process seemed to be from uh, you know the AD office and everybody in the in the, the around Virginia Tech was we're not going to do a reboot we're going to do a re-up and that was not going to be successful it was successful briefly for two seasons because you got the recruits that Frank handed over and then it crashed and burned and we were at least able to bottom out now and I, I know you're a big process fan in Philadelphia. <laughs> yes. But part of the joy of being a fan is getting to the bottom and then watching something rise up and believing that there's an opportunity for something that you can actually support and be on the train the entire time to watch it rise up and watch that happen. And I, I don't know if at the end of the day we've found that now, but at least we've gotten to a point where we can say we're not trying to pretend anymore. And I think that's where the vibes come from. Even if we don't see the results on the field, the right things are happening. And the way that Brett Pry approaches the college football uh, landscape these days seems to be realistic. He's not closing down conversations with any of the media. He's not walling off. He is saying all the right things, recruiting in all the right places, trying to get things going in a way that seems productive and other programs have had success doing those things. Now, is his coaching up to snuff? I think you, you commented on that earlier. I'm a little worried about that. I'm a little worried about our offense, but you know, at, at least you can see where there's potential and worst case, you could see us resetting and trying to find the right coach next time instead of throwing a Hail Mary on Puente, which did not work out. Yeah, they, they're hitting all the high notes on what they wanted from a coach with Coach Pry. Take take the yeah. on-field stuff away. But in terms of the recruiting, the relationships, the media access, all the stuff you hit on, like we we did that right. And I think yeah. they knew what kind of guy they were getting. But it's, it is funny how you become the victim of your own success. And that's what happened to Frank. And those years, like me and Boo Boo were talking about, Brian, Boo Boo is his nickname that I, I was trying not to call him tonight. But, but, but uh, you know, in 2003, when we start the year and we're kicking butt and everyone's happy and then we lose one game and everyone's furious and like, it, it, and that's how it was for tech. We, we lose yeah. our first game and everyone's angry and everyone's upset. It, like we weren't ever Alabama, but like we were really darn good. And so every loss hurts so much and it creates a negative kind of vibe. Now, if we go to a bowl, we're going to be ecstatic. And I do exactly. love the idea of the process and watching the Jakar Sampsons of the world and seeing your team grow and get better. It's like building the Lego is better than when the Lego is done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, in that sense, I do agree with you. And I hope that Pry is the guy. I believe that he is and that he knows all the aspects of what it takes. It's just a matter of, can he execute it? Yeah, I mean, X and O's is really the only question because everything else seems to be check, 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 check. It's like hitting all of the uh, signposts you'd hope for. And it's just, can can we actually get the results on the field? There's been some questionable tactics, some questionable play calls in the moment over the last couple of seasons. But he's a young coach. You know, he's learned, well, he's not that young, but like he's, he's, he's a, young for the first time head coach. So yes, like you, yes. you hope that that's a development as well, right? You develop players, you also develop coaching, and that's the thing you can learn from. He learned a ton from last year, and one of the the things that you learn as a head coach and one of the best skills as a head coach is knowing the people under you. And Frank always said that. Frank's like, I was okay. It was the guys under me that I knew were great. And he has Fontel Mines, he has Coach Jones, 
Tyler Bowen is the one that so much of everything is relying on because Tyler Bowen was the tight ends coach last year. And now he's been promoted to the quarterback's coach as well as the OC. And he was OC last year and he wasn't good. And I know everyone's talking about Brad Glenn. Was it meshing in terms of the QB coach and him? And Price said, I wanted to make Bowen the QB coach and the OC right off the bat. I should have listened to my gut. And so we'll see if his gut is right because now it's all out there. And if Bowen doesn't have a good year, I'm not sure Pry is going to have a choice but to start over again because um, he's going to have to blame somebody because like he's he's one of the lower paid coaches in the ACC because he wasn't a head coach before. And that if he can't get us to at least five wins, I think people are going to be a little upset despite it being year two. I think people are expecting with the recruiting momentum we're gaining, I think they're expecting a little bit more. Yeah, I don't think that's fair, but, you know, I, I understand. And he also should have time to develop. If he picked the wrong people, as long as he can pivot quickly, yes, that's okay, right? That, so, exactly, like, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and I, we did, we kind of covered how you feel VT is covered nationally or perceived nationally. Where do you think, with all the realignment stuff that's happening, do you think that, say, the ACC blows up or whatever, do you feel – as though VT is a big enough brand and has the fan base to warrant a seat at the table. I mean, I think I've got a lot of friends and family on the SEC side of the house, and they actually seem very, very cordial towards a Virginia Tech. They think that's a good fit for the for the SEC, right? So that's what you'd hope for, you know, that you get an invite to the SEC. Now, having said that, you know, be careful what you wish for. But I think predicting anything at all really with conference realignment right now is a bit of a mess right there's it's quicksand everything that they're developing is sitting on top of a very unstable foundation and you could see it going the direction of something like the what was the super league that was trying to happen over in europe and soccer right where essentially they'll try to just peel away completely take 30 teams and are we in that right now probably not if you asked us at the end of like 2009 yeah we would have been so can we climb back to a place where no matter what, whatever that foundation ends up being built on, as we see the effects of all of this stuff shake out, I think we can. You'd hope we time it right, because if we don't time it right, we could be locked out forever. Um, but so far, we still are being able to, you know, I think we can trade on our reputation over the, the last 20 years. And that seems to be an opportunity, whether it's in the Big Ten or whether it's in the SEC. I think personally, I prefer the SEC. I think the SEC would prefer us over some of those other options. I think that's possible. Now, could we get left out? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And you, you wouldn't hope for that. And it really raises the pressure on Coach Pry and the program and with Babcock. Good. Like, you got to get good. Like, you yep. got to get good soon. You got to yep. try to get to a bowl this year. You got to try to get to eight the next year. You got to try to get to 10 the year after that. Like, you want this to be a slow but sure build. And I'm not saying it's going to be that. I'm just saying, like, now is the time. If we've yeah. already been like kind of, it's been a decade of this. I mean, 2011 was the last time we were in the national title conversation. We were number five in the country going into the championship games, 2016, won 10 games, but we're never in that real conversation. And now it's 2023. I mean, the high school kids have no idea that we were ever good. And so in terms of this conference realignment stuff, we have such a loyal fan base who has stuck through this through and through. We sell out games every year, not every game, but we sell out a lot of games every year. Um, How much longer can that go on without the success? 
And so yeah, you need something. Yeah. we need something for people to latch onto. And maybe that's a good time to take a break and move towards the Hokie recruiting or uh, uh, Hokie fundraising because we need to spend money on, you know, we need, we need one of these programs where you can, and I don't mean this from Virginia Tech, I mean it from a booster perspective. You know, we now can have ways in which we can get players to have compensation for N NLI, right, or NIL, and I don't know that we've got anything going there. I mean, you're more plugged in than I am. We have we have a we have a fairly robust NIL program, from what I understand. And you're familiar with the name Mahul, right? Yeah, he's one of our richest alumni, Octo and private equity type stuff. Whatever, he's very rich, and yeah. I think he's pledged a lot of money, and it's helped us remain competitive in a lot of it's different time areas. Time to break the bank right now. Right <laughs> and now. I think you got I, it. <laughs> I, I, I think that it like these couple of these transfers that we brought in, like really have yeah. no business being at Virginia Tech. And I think some of it is because our NIL game is actually better than a lot of people think. Yeah, so, that's that's some of the checkboxes, right? That, that these people are now realistic. We've got the right people for what the college sports world is today. And when they asked Coach Pry, I think it was the key play had him with an interview and they said, you have $10 million dollars towards the Virginia tech program. Like, where do you want it? And he said, NIL. And yep. that was the most refreshing, like, okay, I, I understand yep. he gets it. I get it. We know where this is all headed. Okay. We need NIL money. Yeah. We got to stop denying. We don't like it because yeah. nobody probably likes the way college sports is being. Oh, it's the wild west. Right now, but like, yeah. if you want to compete, you've got to play. Got to play the game other than quarterback. And this is kind of, kind of going a little bit back, but you've always talked about, we never get any big players. We never get any of this player. Like, where do you want Virginia Tech to be elite? I asked Brian this question earlier, but in terms of a position, like, other than quarterback, because that's obvious, we, everyone yeah. wants elite quarterback. Where do you want us to be elite again? Cornerback, man. I mean, I remember, I was I think it's the 2005 season where we had like 18 NFL. I don't remember what the number is. Insane amount of NFL yeah. players on that team. Number one defense but, in the country that year. But the one I remember most. Absolutely the most. We would go to the game and we'd get out, out of the games and we'd go to Big Al's where a lot of the football players would hang out. And Jimmy Williams would be there. And he would be wearing a hat that said Jimmy Williams on it. He would be wearing a t-shirt with his face on it. And he would be screaming, I'm Jimmy Williams the whole time. And I, all I, it was infectious. I was like, hell yes. Like, this is what we're about. Hell yes. Like, I want this. Like that Deion that Sanders type of personality. Absolutely. Like, all about Incredible me. <laughs> stuff on and off the field. And it's, it was endearing to me personally, and I would love to see more of that. I know we've got a lot of the like DBU stuff, you know, that obviously that's bread and butter. But I, like some of the cornerbacks we've had come through that were NFL level talent, uh, and we had consistently been able to promote those. And they have usually very long careers in the NFL as well because they don't take too yeah. many hits. Uh, it's just great. You can see them. You can watch them on Sundays afterwards for a long time. Uh, I think that's a great position I'd love to see us do, do more with. Nice, dude. Very, very good answer. And the Jimmy Williams throwback's a good one because I don't think he sticks in people's mind. He was so good at tech, all-American. But he he was almost more of a linebacker. And when he got to the NFL, it didn't transition well. So he didn't have the long NFL yeah. career, but he was amazing. Like really, really amazing at Virginia tech. Um, when you were in college, Richard, let's take it back to the college days. Oh, what, 
what was your pregame move? Did you like, what was your bar? Where did you party in college? What was your like go-to weekend situation? Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of pregames at our own place. So we like, we lived in collegiate suites and we would, we would kind of do that. Um, but if we were to go like go out prior to the game, like we would go down to Harold street a lot because it's walkable to the stadium. We had a couple of friends that had houses down there. And you would, you know, you drink, you have a few uh, beers before you walk over. And then generally when you walk through the forest, you have to remember to not bring your beer because there's always a, an undercover cop that's looking for that. Open <laughs> that's thing. very true. I had several friends pop for that. And it's like, guys, like we, we know the rules here. Like, don't bring the beer with you. Um, that would be pretty normal. And then once we got to the right age, you know, we would probably go to like Hokie House or Champs or something a little less obviously treaded to 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 get were you a river mill guy ever say what river mill was that one of your spots or no no because i didn't uh like i was not ready for that that craft (laughs) beer vibe right okay okay which was probably at the time was like sierra nevada like right you weren't in a fraternity but you were in the snowboard club am i correct yeah and was that was that like a, did you guys actually go snowboarding or was it just like a drinking club that you called Flashing snowboarding? The pan, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically what happened was we had a, a bunch of buddies of mine from high school who all went to VT. We were very much into snowboarding when we were going to college and there was an existing club that was there. This guy, Will, amazing dude, super down to earth, but he was running like a 20 person club and it would be like, show up, talk about the best hills you had, the best power you've had where are the places you want to go? And it was more like a group therapy session for people <laughs> into, to, to, to snowboarding. It was awesome. Like he ended up going to a snowshoe and like running the park there. He's a great, great dude. Uh, we kind of approached it a little bit differently. We saw it as an arbitrage, right? So we came in and the three of us were like president, vice president, treasurer. They somehow gave me the money. I don't know why they did that. That was a bad idea. But um, essentially, we knew the fraternities of Virginia Tech and the sororities of Virginia Tech were sort of skating on thin ice because VT had built out at the time the on-campus uh, like uh, Greek housing. And mm-hmm. if you screwed up, they would take your housing away or they take your charter away or whatever it is. I don't recall exactly. So they were all being very, very polite Greek things. And the parties there were not particularly Like great. on Oak Lane you're talking about. Exactly. So we had an opportunity there where we thought, okay, well, we can, we don't have that rule, right? We can gather $25 at a time for every person who's there. We can deliver value on that because we can get you discounted lift tickets and we can schedule stuff and we can go to the companies that sell gear and say, Hey, we've got a, you know, a hundred or 300 and it ultimately is around like 600 members. Why don't you, you know, work with us for those. But also that meant every one of those was like, an ability to throw a giant rager, right? Or throw by kicks. And like, we could get a little loose with it compared to some of these other places. So it was a, a lot of fun and it was banned, I think three years after we left college. Because <laughs> we had I put some guardrails on like it to rein it in. And when we left those, I don't know what happened to those guardrails, but I know that it no longer exists. Where Was there a house? Yeah, we had a house that was out on like Glade Road, like out past the Kroger. And that was one of the rules, right? We had to hire drivers to get people out there to have a good time and make sure that you paid for that. Oh, this is and like the FISI thing where they pick you up at Castle and yeah, then exactly. bust you out yep, there. Yep. <laughs> and that was always fun, but like it was that you had to be real careful with that out yeah. there. But we, we did have a house. We treated it sort of, uh, we, I mean, it was a good time. It was 
a little. You made a lot of good friends through that, right? Like you met Trace through there. You met some other guys through that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, dude. But that's, that's the beauty about college. Like I wasn't in a fraternity either, but some of the guys you talk to tonight, uh, meet them on the hall, meet them in your apartment complex. And our little apartment complex kind of became our little fraternity. Right. And, um, you know, you find those different communities to tech and that's what makes tech so great. You don't need to subscribe to one type of thing. And it was, it was great to kind of talk to each of you guys tonight and get the different perspectives, talk a little bit of old school stuff. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up Richard before we kind of tie things up? I want to talk about my beer. Oh yeah. Bring up. Yeah. Tell me what you're drinking, buddy. This is a call out to Bob and Barbara's. Oh, (laughs) I have a Senate beer, which is a DC beer and I have a shot. Ooh, so we're going to do it citywide here. I like it. I've got two. I have currently have two beers open, so I'll just. Yeah, you uh, do that. I'll do the shot. <laughs> and we'll take it. Cheers, buddy. A, a little bourbon and a beer. Mm. Yeah. That, in Philadelphia, what Richard's doing, they call it a citywide. And if you go to most bars and you say, I want a citywide, they give you a shot and a beer. And it's usually a cheap beer, a PBR, a, uh, I know in D.C., the, the old Boilermakers were Schlitz and. and oh, yeah. Uh, Jim Beam, but yeah, if you Bob and Barb's on South Street, go there. You'll pay about three bucks. You'll get a shot of Jim Beam and a PBR. You can't and take your that. parents. You know, <laughs> they'll be very disappointed. Yeah, you <laughs> had. Didn't you take your dad there this year? I did, and we walked right out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the nastiest place, but uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. The jazz on Friday nights is good. Uh, Richard, record prediction for this season. Uh, I'm going to go five and seven. I'm with Nicole. I'm splitting the difference. I understand Brian's uh, uh, perception. I think there are opportunities on the schedule. Obviously, uh, ODU is very funny. Like my my old coworkers, uh, stepson is is hopefully the starting quarterback for that. So that'll be very interesting. Just rooting for it. But obviously, the transfer from Fordham. Yeah, Fordham. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So uh, either way. That's going to be a positive outcome, but really, I hope we we put them into the ground, and then we we find a couple of other ways to claw up a few wins. But it's it's going to be hard. I mean, you're on the climb, right? So you yeah. can't expect things to be perfect. But if you can see windows of opportunity, see areas for improvement, that'd be great. But five and seven, I think is yeah, I'd be good with. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much for sticking around. I know you were in the chat kind of waiting to talk, just watching us talk. So I do appreciate you, uh, you hanging. Um, man, thank you to Nicole, Brian, Andrew, Nick. I think that's everybody. And Richard, uh, good episode. I I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time, have a couple beers, talk a little old school. And like, this really could have been two hours. Uh, I was trying to, I didn't want to cut the friends off, but I was trying to cut them off to move to the next one. People are not going to watch if you do that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I will say what I'm drinking before I let Richard go. And that is the hop reach IPA. Uh, Allagash. I have not had an Allagash beer on here in a long time because I'm not a huge fan of the Allagash white. And I think a lot of their IPA offerings have been mediocre, but this one, 6.8% citrusy, tropical, refreshing. It is kind of all those things. There's no fruit flavor though. It's just kind of a juicy, regular IPA without the haze. There's, there's no, uh, there's not really a haze in the glass. You can see right through it, but just say you hate it. It's fine. It's not. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's medium. It's mid, right? That's what the kids oh, say. Oh boy, it's mid. Um, but anyway, 
you can hit us on Twitter. It's at two deep VT. It's two deep VT at gmail.com. If you want to send us anything, email us anything or what have you, we're going to be coming back next week with a very special guest. I, I, well, I hope so. Richard, these things it's so hard to make sure the people are like ready to go. And like, I really, that's why I really appreciate all you guys being ready to go. Our, the guest we're trying to get has 200,000 followers on Twitter. So it would be, it would be a Is big it time. Craig? It would be a, <laughs> a big time get for us. Now we have a friend. He, uh, he posts shirtless pictures on Twitter and like he had more followers than me in like 10 minutes when he first signed up for Twitter that I had nine years of tweeting uh, stupid stats about the Hokies. So uh, <laughs> sex sells people. That's something to keep in mind. But no, this is a sports college football person who has 200,000 followers and we're hoping he will come on with us next Monday. So we'll see if that happens. And until next time, go Hokies. Go Hokies.